Welcome to Cinema Bushido. I am your host, Matthew Whitaker. And with me, as most of the time, is my my dear from another queer, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day is a holiday. How are you doing today? <laughs> Things are going well. And also with me, as sometimes, is uh, our dear friend, the um, the man from inland, uh, Mr. Stephen Chow. How's it going, Stephen? Thank you very much. I, I enjoyed that uh, introduction. Very, very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> the man from inland. I, I was going to say man from Japan, but it made no sense. And we're just about to do a Korean movie. So the whole mm. thing was just going to go to shit. Yeah. Well, tonight we are talking about one of my favorite movies of all freaking time. Uh, the 2005 directed A Bittersweet Life. Um, it was directed by Ji Woon Kim, which you may know from A Tale of Two Sisters, I Saw the Devil. And he, believe it or not, did an American film not too long ago. Arnold Schwarzenegger led The Last Stand, which I thought was pretty decent. It did not do well, though, in, in the U.S. It's, I feel like poor Arnold is on a, on a down, downfall, you know, on this decline. You guys see that? Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. The, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it, too. The only thing that was really disconcerting is the cars at the end. There's no yeah. way that Camaro could have ever kept up with that souped-up Corvette. It's not even possible. I had the same problem with Logan. I mean, no, I know we're dealing with future cars, but that shitty Chevrolet or, you know, Cadillac he had would not have, you know, stood up to the train-hitting, fence-pulling. I mean, what the what the fuck, man? Yeah, I think it's the best movie that Arnie's done since his comeback from being the governator, though. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a, a solid movie, and I, I enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I finished Aftermath yesterday, and it was it was pretty sad and just kind of shitty. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, don't bother. Okay. <laughs> well, back I'll take your anti-recommendation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The badassery that is a bittersweet life. So it stars... Um, uh, Byung Hun Lee, who uh, he played Sun Woo, he's freaking awesome. He was in the New Magnificent Seven. He's been in GI Joe. If you guys yeah, have seen those, I he saw. was in Terminator Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But in particular, he's been in a lot of my favorite Korean movies, um, including I Saw the Devil, which is another one. Same director. Handsome guy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start with uh, you, Lee. Give me, give me the goods. What did you think of A Bittersweet Life? It's a fun movie. Uh, it's it's got that kind of that Korean feel, you know. So. It's always got to be like, it's always got to plumb the Marianas Trench of emotion, you know, and it's never going to be a happy ending and it's going to be slightly philosophical, but the violence is pristine. It's just, if, if, if you, if you are a sadist or a masochist, you are just going to like, you, you, this is pornographic at this point. That's a great movie. I, um, I felt like throughout the whole movie, he just, I just felt like after a while, he's just trying to clock out, you know, he's just, he's just trying to get through his day and he just can't stop being fucked with, but it's beautifully shot, intelligently done. And, and it's fun in its own way. I loved it. I'm glad I got to down uh, to watch it. I know what you mean. I really like the very realistic violence. Like this movie brought it like that to a whole new front for me because you know you're used to like the really overdone i mean think of old boy or or something like that that it's awesome and it's a it's a beauty to behold but the realism of it eh. um i recently watched headshot it's a a new uh oh i can't think of the the martial artist name but it, it was so over the top like trying to get you to be like horrified by the violence like you know showing the skin ripping off a skull and stuff like that it's it's so over the top it's so not realistic anyway i i thought this was very realistic and i like that bit 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed the realism of it as well. I, I like the fact that he... <clears throat> One, you're aware that he's very, very skilled, but he's not immortal, even if he does think he is. He does take a beat down throughout most of the film, actually. Um, and, and the action sequences are fantastically well directed. They're so exciting. It's so great to see this you know, incredible uh, martial artist as he is within the context of the film showing what he can do. But then also seeing him being brought low, seeing him getting beaten up and, and ultimately kind of losing at times. That, that's exciting. And the thing I like about the movie as well is that you never really know where it's going. At one point, you even think he might be about to die and that he might just be a MacGuffin within the within the movie and that the movie may move on without him. You know, he comes so near to death. Um, and I also like the fact that it's the whole movie hinges on the fact that, that he fancies a girl that he met once and she doesn't really like him, but he's willing to stick his neck out for her. I, I really like that about it, too. Yeah, it was very uncharacteristic. It, 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 there's a quote early on in the movie. It says, you can do a hundred things right, but one mistake can destroy, destroy everything. And that is like the entire premise of the film. Mm. And, you know, when you watch it uh, unwind the way it does, it's just, it's, it's this, he was on the top of the world, right? Like he could do no wrong. And he, he said it, he got a boner and he was like, damn, <laughs> I don't want to kill this hot chick. She's, she's cute and she's nice and she's pretty awesome, right? Uh, her name is mm. uh, Shin, Shin Mina, um, Yoon Hee Soo in the movie. But yeah, she's, she was cool. She was funny. I mean, it's one of those like, why the fuck would she get involved uh, with, with people like them? But, you know, because mm. it was ultimately going to end to end poorly. But yeah, I thought, I, I felt for him. I, I think yeah. the one flaw is that there wasn't a sex scene. I kept going, oh, yeah. I, had, I was like, there's going to be a sex scene. She's going to show her beautiful body. It's going to be great. You can see she's kind of stacked. Nothing. Tease. Yeah. Mm. But I think that's part of the part of the sadness of the, of, the, of the premise of the movie is that she's actually a bit of a, a, bit of a player, really. I mean, she maybe she just likes the excitement of... Um, of being the girlfriend of President Kang, who's this big, you know, this big boss. And she and there's a line later on in the movie where he says uh, something to the effect of, you know, gift is a youth, youth is a gift. And, you know, despite who I am, you still make me look for you. So, you know, she seems to quite enjoy, for me anyway, she quite enjoys, you know, playing these people off against each other. And, uh, you know, she has no interest in him whatsoever. Um, there's a certain point where she's not even answering his phone calls and he's going through absolute hell, um, sort of, uh, you know, having not killed her and uh, she doesn't know what he's going through and he's trying to call her and she doesn't even answer the phone. So he's going through all of this for a girl who's totally indifferent to him and the fact that he never got to sleep with her makes it doubly sad, you know, that he would so easily fall in love with a girl who he's only met once. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, kind of pathetic and it makes the whole thing all the more tragic you know that he would go out on a limb for someone who doesn't care about him who he's only met once and who he hasn't slept with it, yeah. it just makes it makes it more tragic <clears throat> and in fact pathetic especially pathetic because there's a guy who obviously never has like gets pushed over you know like the, the that beautiful scene with the the car the car coming up next to him and throwing mm. something at his window or whatever he's just yeah. like all right yeah, let's do this. And yeah, he's not taking any shit from anyone, and yet uh, he's put in such a compromising position just yeah. through his uh, I, I amour. Go I googled it, and there was an alternate title for this movie, and it was in Korean. It was it was Banyol Soseo, and it was um, uh, a face that launched a thousand bullets, which I thought oh, was pretty ooh. clever. 
Mm. Yeah, that is clever. I made it up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a there was a third title that was. Uh, yeah, it was that was also Ching Chong Chong Bing Bang Bong Song, and it was never bring a gun, never bring a knife to a gunfight. That was the other title they were thinking of. I do like that element of this. That um, it, you know, they they're not they're not used to using guns. Like yeah. that was mm. an extreme measure. It's always fighting or knives, or sticks. So, um, you know, he wasn't a perfect shot. He was actually a really shitty yeah. shot, and that that perfectly played into this. Yeah, as mm. Americans, that was just delicious because, like, what do you mean you don't have guns? It's like people, right. people are literally sweeping guns into the gutter. What are you talking? About? Right. Yeah, he's got like he's got like five he's five feet away from a guy and he, he manages to nick his shoulder. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's actually yeah, cool. So, okay, let's get to some favorite scenes. Uh, I'm going to start with you this time, Stephen. Give me okay. your give me your top scene. Well, I could be very very obvious here, and I, I think I'm not going to be. I'm not going to go for the big fight scene straight away. I, I'm going to go for the car scene that we mentioned. Uh, and I, I like I like the fact that this is a character who considers himself totally untouchable. He's a really cool guy. You know, he's the kind of guy that buttons up his jacket before he beats the hell out of somebody. Um, he's just he's not used to being harmed. And so th- th- what happens is, is he is it's basically he's assigned to watch this girl um, to make sure that she's not sleeping with somebody else. And then when he finds out she is, he can't bring himself to kill her because he he likes her and and he offers them the ultimatum and says uh you know i'm i'm not going to kill you but you can never see each other again and she isn't grateful in fact she gives him kind of a bad time about it so he drives away and these idiotic guys uh basically spit at his car from an adjacent car and because he needs to exert his force, he needs to prove that he's still a man. He drives out in front of them, blocks their way, and they, you know, grind to a sudden halt. And he gets out of the car, as I say, buttons his jacket, and just takes them apart with aggression and ease. And uh, doesn't kill them, but you know, sort of chokes one, breaks a finger, smashes a head through a windscreen, and then takes takes the car keys out of the car and just hurls them. Uh, off the bridge that they're they're (laughs) parked on it's just it's just a fantastic piece of action cinema direction and it and it fits into the story and it tells you something about the character um and it gives you that release after a dramatic scene that didn't follow through into violence you then get the violence uh that maybe you want as an audience member and uh that sun woo certainly needed to to deliver so i just i thought it was a really cool scene um amid some dramatic scenes and that's a great point. Uh, you said it. We, if we were felt that we were missing something because uh, none of that was fulfilled with the the confrontation with the girl, we got it right. And that was. Mm. And he he is so attractive, and he looks so good when he's you know kicking people's asses. All right, Lee, line it up. What do you have? Well, uh, first of all, I want to say, Stephen, you're so good at describing before and after, like going into the scene. You just make mm. me want to pause this and go watch that scene again. Um, <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, I, my favorite scene. This is going to be weird, but I'm going to just go with it. And it was really like it's like it like was it just struck me and it it just haunted me. I saw this movie twice and just haunted me the whole time. Was um, right before they show the titles, he he's had a long day. He already he's closing up the club and he pops a sugar cube into an espresso. 
And when you guys drink espresso straight, it's just really rough, you know, if you're not accustomed to it. And he pops a sugar cube in there, and then they showed a tie the title, "The Bittersweet Life," and I was like, "Fuck!" That just that just I know I know it's kind of it's kind of stupid to say, but it just that stuck with me every time I saw it. I, I don't know why, but I was like, "That ah, it's, it's the little it's the little things like that." Yeah, it's mm. fantastic. That's very clever. Yeah, it's a, a visual representation of actually what the title is, isn't it? And the movie in general, it's bittersweet, mm. you know. Because he gets he yeah. gets to kill everybody, but it's bitter because he is all is pretty much all for naught. Yeah. yeah, his his final scene is his one scene of contentment as he thinks about uh, the scene with the cello uh, of Yoon Hee Soo playing the cello. It's just like, yeah, it's it's a very bittersweet ending. Mm. Well, I'm not going for the final finale either, even though it was awesome. My favorite scene i i told you guys i texted the other day i said hey the last 30 minutes of this you're going to want to put down your phone because there is a scene where everything changes like mm-hmm. you said it. we think we think it's all going to go to shit and you know he's 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 in trouble but they're digging the grave and you know he's outside and it was at the point where he escapes and he saw his one opportunity and it seemed so rare that he was even going to be able to make it but he somehow gets into that car and they're all going fucking crazy trying to get him. You know, they had been beating him. They, this is his escape. And it doesn't look like he's going to make it multiple times. But there's a scene where, he, you know, he's driving in this circle and he just keeps running into him and, and all sorts of crazy shit. But he takes a man's face and he rubs it against the cinder blocks as he mm. spits around the corner. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just chills. And it was so it was so gritty. And yet it was just such a desperate scene. Ah, man, that just that did it. Um, right as he pulls out of there and he, he actually escapes there's the quote yeah. <laughs> the guy says stop digging we're so fucked <laughs> <laughs> i was like yes exactly yeah that was yeah. it that, that scene was that was stayed with me for years and years you know for me that is the best scene in the movie to be honest it's uh it's just an amazingly orchestrated um fight scene and it's so inventive like when he's flailing around with those uh, pieces of wood that have been pulled out of a fire and he's like and they've got obviously got nails on them and he's they're getting stuck in people's legs and yeah and it's incredible the and, flaming and it, sticks. the flaming sticks and it's it it's the, the it's the desperation of it as well yeah. isn't it it's it's the desperation yeah. that you know he's 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 got a broken hand because they've smashed his hand with a wrench and he's obviously tired and he's you know dug himself out of the ground because <laughs> they buried him and and you know it's just and he's been beaten senseless at this point and he's still he still has it in him to uh, to escape from these guys. It's the best amazing. scene in that uh, was when there's he had that flaming uh, stake and he sticks it right in that guy's heart. And I was I yelled out loud, "Fuck off, vampire!" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a hallway scene there too, which I just think is great. You know, the Koreans and their their uh, close quarters fighting, but there was no faking out, no shaky cam. It was just like pure, you know, flesh on flesh fighting. It was it was gorgeous. Yeah. And the bit that you mentioned about the guys have, having his head ground against the wall, that made me wince. Yeah. It was it, it was like he was trying to light a match, you know, just grinding yeah. this. Uh, oh, it was horrendous. I just had the yeah, shivers was, just now. <laughs> all the shit that happened, like there were, there were just these little scenes of like absolute violence in the in the um, ice skating rink when the guy actually yeah. stabs him. Chairman Bach. Right. Oh, yeah. Motherfucker. I love that guy. Mm. Okay, so by far the biggest douchebag in this whole thing was uh, was Moon Sook, right? The other guy that worked at the club. Oh, mm. I hate when he comes in and they're having dinner and talking seriously, and he just starts eating all their food and you know reaching his hand across him. Oh my god! I just like I went to punch the television. Like you motherfucker. Yeah. 
He was he was like an absolute sort of wannabe. He just he really wanted to be uh, popular. He wanted to succeed, um, but he just wasn't the cool guy. You know, he wasn't Sun Woo. But then, unfortunately, Sun Woo is. Let's be honest. He's kind of um, understandably arrogant, I would say, because because he is so capable and so cool. And and then obviously when he's on his way down, when he's betrayed. Uh, betrayed president kang and 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 let president kang's girlfriend live um um moon sook really enjoys his downfall and really relishes it and oh yeah yeah so so in a, in a way uh sun woo kind of you know he he, he was the, the victim of his own his own success and his own arrogance you know that is the whole thing about you've got to be nice to people on the way the way up right yeah. he wouldn't have meet them coming down yeah he wouldn't apologize he he thought i could do no wrong we all mm. You know, and he had done something pretty fucked up. He mm. completely did the opposite of what his boss had said. Who knows? His boss might have killed him for killing the girl too. But mm. yeah, it, it just yeah. He just needed to say sorry. Is Moon Moon was a bottom feeder, right? He's a catfish. He's at the he's the lowest common denominator. But at the same time, he knows the one rule: do what the fuck your boss says. Yeah, you know, it's simple. And then yet, this guy with all this hubris that you describe is like, I can get one over on the boss. And, you know, you live by the gun, you die by the gun. You know, you live by the knife, you die by the knife. You sit there and fuck around and you're you're a thug and you want to do all these horrible things. Then, you know, at some point, if you, you, you get out of line, you're going to get what you got. You know, every Italian movie we ever saw said that. It says the same thing. All right. Well, let's get to this ending. It, uh, it was quite the quite the epic shootout, huh? It was. Yeah. You were saying... Uh, you know earlier it's it's quite fun that he's a terrible shot yeah um he's this brilliant martial artist but he he no actually it's not just him nobody seems to be able to shoot very well in this film like there's a point where you think he's been shot in the back of the head but he hasn't he's just been winged um so that's quite fun and i i like the idea that this starts off as uh, you know basically it's a drama but it's also a martial arts movie and then suddenly it becomes like a John Woo movie, except yeah. it's a John Woo movie when nobody can shoot straight, um, <laughs> which which is just a really, it's just a really fun a fun thing, and it, it just goes to show what I was trying to say that you never really know where this movie is going, you never really know what's going to happen, and you, you certainly don't predict that it's going to start off as one kind of action movie and then partway through become a completely different kind of action movie, which I think is really very very cool. Oh, and I love that up to that moment that he he confronts his boss again. He's like, "Wait, is this about this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this about um, Hisuya? Yeah, um, yeah. That was great. And then, um, yeah, and I oh, I just wanted to throw out there, I've fired many many um, handguns, and I consider myself a pretty good shot. But it's a it would be a really hard thing to do in a situation where you're not. I've only ever shot at a target. Uh, I've never mm. shot at a person or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've had some moving targets and stuff. But if I'm also like I've got all that adrenaline and, and I've got all that anger, uh, it would be pretty hard to to be accurate, I think. The, How about you, Lee? Yeah, they, they've got ranges that what what um, that move. Like when you go in, they yeah. the targets move at different distances. And the targets are small, so they simulate distance. So it's harder to hit right down down your sights but the guys i i only i i always was always under expert qualified by like one or two two shells but um the uh the best guys on the range i'll never forget the best guys on the range they were like rednecks and 
in America, rednecks go hunting, and de- and it's hard to shoot at people. But imagine trying to shoot a deer, or deer, or a squirrel, a deer, dude. Deer can fucking bolt, and you're shooting oh, yeah. at them from huge distances, and you got to be spot on. You gotta you gotta not just wound them. You gotta bring them down quick because you gotta I don't know. Them out. I think. I think it'd be harder to kill it. I'd be harder to shoot a squirrel. I mean, I could barely fucking look at a squirrel with the way they fucking run and hide. And if I were actually out there with a gun tried to shoot one, fuck. I'd be empty in no time. I'm like, all right, he escaped. Deer it's are, over. Deer are fucking crazy, dude. You think, like, when deer get going, it's like, I can't imagine trying to take down a deer because they do this weird hop. I've heard that you've got to hit them when the, before they land on their front haunches, but I've huh? I've never even gotten close to taking down a deer. And I don't even yeah. like the thought of it, honestly. But, uh, but yeah, rednecks are great shots. I watched a redneck shoot like a hundred out of a hundred on a, on a range that was like all sorts of stuff were moving around and he was just like this, this giant redneck guy, but he was so good. I mean, he, he, there's your problem. Sun Wu was just too awesome and attractive. Yeah. If he would have been a little more like from the sticks outside yeah. of Seoul, <laughs> yeah. he would have been fine. He'd have like, lose a few teeth maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he had a banjo. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, right. between his teeth. Yeah. Uh, overalls and uh, a bottle of moonshine with the cross on it. Yeah. <laughs> I call this all right, one well, old glory. <laughs> are you guys uh, are you guys ready for your top six? Uh I wanna mention you... I wanna mention one scene before you before yeah, you come out. Because I yep. love Chairman Bach. I thought dude, he's every time he was on screen, he started oh. the show. And he, yeah. he he reminded me of that I don't know the British actor's name, but He's in um, he's in uh, Snap, uh, Snatch, and he's also in Gone in sixty seconds. He's a tall man. He's kind of a kind of an odd set fellow, kind of an odd, kind of disconcerting. Like Vinny Jones, that might be his name. I don't know. He's from Snatch. He's, he's the big. He's yeah. the big dude that's yeah. always beating the fuck out of people. Exactly. That's who Chairman Bach yeah. reminded me of, and he's just like so. He's so twisted and wrong, kind of like the Joker in a sense, you know. And then uh, and his guy comes back from getting his ass beat, and he, like, there's this awkward scene with the phone where the phone breaks, and the guy and the guy's all, like, laughing, like, ha oh, isn't that funny? And Buck's like, are you smiling? No wonder you get your ass kicked. And then he just fucking beats him, it seems, like, to a pulp with just a phone. I was just, like, cracking up and just whooping on his ass, and then they drag him off, and everybody picks up the phone, and he's like, yeah, I'm Chairman Bach. That's when I knew I loved that guy. Mm-hmm. His death is really good as well. Yeah. That's another really good scene where he gets killed on on an ice rink, and he's like, so he 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 um he's he's faced off with Sun Wu, who's got a gun in his bag, and Chairman oh. Bark is like, I'm not an amateur, and stabs him repeatedly in the stomach, and then uh, Sun Wu falls oh, yeah. over and sh- and shoots him, and uh, then he falls over, and having been really cool, he's now like desperately trying to run away, but he's on an ice rink, so he's just making these little <laughs> kind of skittering movements and falling over. And he gets shot and he, he falls over and he manages to get up and he skitters along. And, you know, if you've ever been ice skating, it's really, yeah. really hard. So, you know, it's it's kind of it's obviously very macabre, but it's quite funny watching this guy desperately trying to get away. But he's moving very, very slowly and then he keeps yeah. falling over. And then you have the, the uh, beautiful classic shot uh, of, you know, a pool of blood in amongst the ice. And this this guy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the another just the movies full of great scenes. Yeah. Well, I'll throw out there um, what you thought of as the Vinnie Jones. Um, I always think of uh, just different generations as the Dennis Hopper because <laughs> it's the hmm. same thing. We go from absolute normalcy, like, oh, he hung up on me, to I'm killing you with a fucking phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, wait, 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 what? 
you, you've got a very short trigger. Yeah. He's also awesome. got that little scar, just like the Joker. You know, it's just pointed a different way. This guy's clearly he 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 walked the ladder the hard way. He didn't skip a step. Mm. You know, I like that. Yeah. But that the no. scene that you were talking about, the phone scene, it reminded me of uh, Joe Pesci and yeah, Ray Liotta. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's good fellows as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you think I'm so fun? You think I'm a? You think I'm funny? Like I'm a clown? Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Going yeah. cray. That's awesome. Well, so we all we all give this a a thumbs up recommendation. If you're listening to this, you should be watching A Bittersweet Life. I would agree. Two thumbs up. One thing I did want to say as well, though, that it's it's funny that the title A Bittersweet Life. It's another one of those movies, uh, movie titles that perfectly encapsulates the film, but doesn't remotely capture the tone of the movie. Like it sounds like. like a coming of age movie starring a young Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, it's, sure. it's got a very, it's got a very gentle title for a very violent, very violent movie. And thematically it captures it perfectly. Um, but it doesn't tell you of all the, the, the violence and action and excitement that you're going to get. I've had a really, really hard time getting people to watch this movie. Um, mm. I, I, I put it alongside with blue ruin, same idea. I've told mm. everybody that would listen that they needed to see the movie blue ruin. That was one of those that I watched just as a whim. I caught the name or something and it was one that pulled me in so much that whatever I was doing at the time, I just dropped it and I focused on that movie and then I just loved it. But this was one of those. I It was on a top list on, you know, the live journal days of uh, mm. these are the best films, you know, from Korea. And I'm like, OK, I'll try them all out. So I did watch a lot of the ones you're talking about, like mm. these these coming of age romances with a couple very attractive Korean people enjoying yeah. each other. Yeah. And, and then I got to this, uh, a bittersweet life. And uh, yeah, I was like, Holy shit. Like when you find <laughs> these movies that are like hidden in, mm. in, yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck just happened to me? I told yeah. everybody at the time, I'm like, anyone who'd listen, I'm like, just go watch this. And same thing happened with old boy. And you know, it's any of those movies. You, you find something like that. You do that just impacts you so much and you mm. want everyone else to see it. And, Mm. it's now been this is uh what did we say 2005 mm. yeah it's been a, it's been 12 years and now i know of two other people in the world that have seen it uh Very Stephen Chow, lee van cleef so mm. i don't know what to I, do with that uh, well it's reassuring we, i mean we all liked it and it, it is an excellent movie yeah. um you know what i was saying about though that you never know where it's going to go i mean that, that whole thing about it being soft and lovely th- there was a point quite early on in the movie where he starts developing i mean it doesn't go anywhere but he starts developing a relationship with this girl and i really did think maybe this isn't going to be an action movie maybe this is what this film is going to be you know i i, I really coming at it completely fresh never seeing it before not knowing anything about it i really didn't know what this thing was going to be oh until it until it was over that's the best i knew it was going to be a violent movie because in the very beginning when that chubby motherfucker who looks like the guy who runs north korea is acting a fool in the club he's like you got three seconds and then he counts to three and he's like lock the door and then just oh my god destroy them and i was like and then and then he's like you never fall in love right you don't know what love is and he was like yeah drunk boss and he's like yeah that's why you're watching my girl and i was like there's our movie right here and I thought he was mm. going to do her. He's going to be like, you got to keep your mouth shut. And there's one more thing. We've got to have unprotected sex. Right. <laughs> and the American version, that would have been it, right? He would have boned her. Dude, that's... 
That would be that would directorial have been debut right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, they might have run away. They might have run away together and been, you know, hunted by yeah. uh, by President Kang. There were limitless possibilities where, where this movie could have gone. At one point, I really thought he was dead. When they bury him, I thought, yeah. he's a MacGuffin. Yeah. He's Marion Crane in Psycho, and the movie's going to become something totally different now. And it and it didn't. He and 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 the camera focuses on the ground with the rain falling on it for quite a long time. Yeah. And and it's quite final. And you think, oh, maybe maybe he's dead. Maybe that's that the movie's going to go wildly off in another direction. I, I was just constantly surprised and delighted by it. Oh, and the burn that they're waiting for him just to fucking torment him some more. I'm like, oh, you gotta yeah, be fucking... Yeah, that kidding. was brilliant. That was a nice little twist. Now, it's a very very sophisticated... You know, when we try to do the same kind of thing, we end up with uh, who I uh, someone I really used to love. Um, I can't even think of his name for the second, but the new Mechanic movie. Just such a worthless pile of shit. Uh, right. Jessica Alba's in there, and then what's his name? Um, Jason you know, Statham. Thank you, Statham. Mm. The Stafe at one point was like <laughs> the Stafe was one of my favorite guys to watch, and now yeah, he's becoming intolerable to me. Just... Oh, you mean Turkish? That's how I know him as. I only know him as Turkish. <laughs> I, right. I, I've never right. liked anything else he did other than Turkish. I was like, Turkish is fucking great. Was that oh, shit. I went down the rabbit hole and I watched all of his early <sighs> stuff, all these shitty B movies, and they were pretty delightful. But now it's just too polished. It's all everything has to be Jason Bourne. Yeah. Or we've got nothing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah. All right. Well, are you guys ready for your top six? Yes. All right. Um, I guess I'm just not even going to fuck around here and ask who's going first. It's going to be you, Stephen. Okay. Um, Lee does not like to be number one. He prefers the lovely aroma and taste of being number two. I like to be shitted on over and over again. That's what he's like. <laughs> Did you really need to spell that out? Well, I mean, you are you are of German descent, so not everybody knows about the whole Scheiße thing. The Scheiße? Yeah, the Scheiße. Oh, yeah, I need to move my shit on my chest, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, in South Korea, how many annual deaths are there from firearms? Oh, shit. Uh, South Korea. I'm going to say 12. No way. The answer was 30. What? Uh, oh, he got that. I would have said at least 1,000. No. Okay. Well, the, yeah, if uh, Lee's giving it to you, you got the first one, Stephen. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it. Fine. Yeah, That's you know, and I don't know. Again, it is, it's one of those that, yeah, if you would have said 1,000, that would have been like, no. Fuck. Okay, mm-hmm. well, then there, for you, Lee, uh, the number of privately owned firearms... So there are 12 deaths every year. Uh, no, for 30. 30. Excuse me. There are 30 deaths every year. So I'm going to say... I'm going to say uh, 500 legal firearms every year. Okay. Well, you're you're pretty close, but you need to add three zeros to that. Yeah, so 5, the estimated total number of guns held by civilians in South Korea is 510,000. Wow. I know. That's a That's lot of guns. It makes not sense, a lot of... though, because of their history. They should be armed. Yeah, just not uh, not out there in the street shooting each other yeah. like we seem to do. Mm. All right. Yeah, number you, three. You oh, know sorry. we're Americans. You know, we can't... <laughs> What'd you say to me, boy? It's <laughs> America. Oh, at one point in my life, I owned like 15 guns. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's <laughs> got a gun with duct tape yeah, on the handle. Out. I mean, come on. It's basic. <laughs> I wonder yeah. what happens to someone if they if they shoot somebody in South Korea though. May, maybe the penalty is swift and brutal. I, I don't oh, know. Sure, it might. It you might know, we, we we let people 
get away with it here. They could go into a classroom and kill like 50 kids and we're just like, no, you can't take away my guns. These are fucking mm-hmm. awesome. It's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. All right, well, now we're getting into traffic. So your number three is how many traffic incidents in Korea in 2016? <laughs> Ooh, traffic incidents. Yeah. You know, I don't know enough about the country to know whether they have a high volume of traffic or a low volume of traffic. But I would imagine that they have strict laws governing who can drive, when they can drive, how many cars they own. So I think it's going to be a low number. Per year, I'm going to say 200. Uh, you were close, but you needed to add three zeros. So 250,000. Oh, <laughs> it's crowded. It's a crowded fucking place. Is it? Right. Yeah. All right. So, so far, uh, you've got what, Stephen? We've got a fail, a fail. This is on to you, Lee. How many traffic deaths in 2016? Okay, there are 200,000 incidents. I'm going to say 1,500 deaths. 400. Oh, damn. They're better drivers than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seriously, for all of the reputation that Asians have... No, that's, that's driving, true. That shit is true. They're bad drivers. Yeah, but there you go. 400 like, deaths out of 250,000 traffic incidents. Ghost, how should many we, times should... have you seen an Asian girl like just hit their blinker or not hit their blinker and just go like across four lanes of highway in downtown Denver? Yeah, You know what it is? It might be Americanized Asians <sighs> just don't really shit drivers. Just because if you've ever seen like... If you've ever seen any like video from India and them driving, like they don't have lines, but somehow it's this it's this crazy like cross stitching of cars somehow not crashing into each other. It's the same in the Middle East. They fucking yeah. drive like crazy. All right, well, uh, we're back to you, Stephen. Uh, what is the most popular food in Korea? Mm. Well, th- there's a part of me which wants to say dog. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yellow dog. Yeah. But that's because you're racist. That's because, I was but I, that wasn't like that a... wasn't that wasn't my answer. That's why I, I <laughs> capped. That's because I'm racist. That's because the world is racist, and I'm just picking these. Yeah, up. you're like I think it is Siamese. <laughs> if <he's> lies. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say sushi. No, you're wrong. Okay, yeah, it's wrong. Did you want to give a guess since you're so smartly? It is not. It's actually kimchi. Oh, okay. Well, that's a part of kimbap. So kimbap is where they they basically take the kimchi process for, that they use for cabbage, and they use it for uh, basically everything. Like my favorite kimbap is like uh, the the carrot one. That's really freaking yeah. good. And you go to like, there's a lot of ex Korean pats here in the spring, so you know you get a lot of See, exposure. You, you may have got you may have gotten that one. So, but now I've actually got one for you since you're so smart. I'm not number six. Final question, please. Uh, uh, Steven's got one. This is the final one. You guys could tie. What is the Korean population of the United States? Oh, shit. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 7.5 million. It's too high. 7.5? Yeah, no, it's 1.7 million. But I'm going to give you a reprieve. So fuck that question. What is the Korean population of Colorado Springs? Practically everybody. Um, besides the German, uh, well, that's going to be hard to say because there's a lot of Hispanics here. When, when was the data taken on the census? 2015. Okay. I'm going to say uh, 30,000. 3,398. <laughs> that's not true. I've, I've done plenty of half Korean girls. There's plenty of them running around. 
Well, you said half. This is this is going for the purity level. So. Oh, whatever. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Like, the guy who runs the liquor store right by my house, he's Korean. Well, I was just going to say that. Think of that. Yeah. Not all beer is beer. Half of it's piss. Yeah. No, anyway, you were saying. <laughs> this, this guy, he, uh, I'm in there with this girl that's half Korean and I'm seeing at the time. And she speaks Korean and she's wearing like a t-shirt that's got Korean. She's basically Korean. She's crazy as shit. She's Korean. And, um, the, but the owner and his wife are Korean and their daughters are like Korean, like full blood. And the girl's like, the girl looks her up and down, gives her a dirty look from behind the desk. And she's like, oh, that's a cool t-shirt. Where'd you get it from? And then the, the, the girl that I'm seeing says something. And she says, yeah, I'm half Korean. She's like, only half? Like they were like, and, <laughs> and then we, and then we got out of there. She's like, they're fucking dicks. She's like, every single true Korean is like mean about it. And I was like, that's hilarious. It makes me smile. Yeah, you know I'm the same way. I'm just like I'm so happy to be a white man. Anytime I'm just like you're you're what you're woman, that other chromosome. God, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, I think that goes across okay. all the all the, the racist there. <laughs> no. Yeah, that seemed to fuck there in my head. So whatever. Okay, guys, thank you. Good job, Stephen. Uh, sorry, appreciate uh, that, Stephen. You are the the winner. Oh, another one. You. you seem to just keep winning. I'm racking them up. I'm uh, every time I win, I make a, a a line on my wall, and it's almost covered now. Yeah, yeah. No, every time you win, uh, an Irish person dies of uh, <laughs> alcoholism. <laughs> See, oh, I know. My, I got my UK humor. Uh-huh. Glad, glad I could help. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, as you know, uh, find us at cinemabushido.com, screenmayhem.com, out on iTunes, like and subscribe and leave us all sorts of stars and we'll do the same for you okay we won't really but how we might if I could you know if I could I really just want people who have mean things to say to say something I just want to hear the cruelest things ever like if you are a troll well I got an email the other day and it was really something like uh, that Lee's a real drunk idiot, isn't he or something like that oh that was me sorry that was me I just just shook my head and said Yep. I wondered how somebody who who doesn't know me could get me so right. I was just like, man. Smartest drunk idiot I know. Exactly. Well, thanks, guys. Till next time.